Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The ball sat up, it was there to be won. One on one, it was the number one from the Pies. The Goey flew, Reed Crumb got the kick away, it lands with Elliot, who kicks another. It's a full on onslaught. Elliot hand passed to Beans, long range shot, he hit it flush, and the pain pours on for Port. My check it was, he receives the ball from Thomas, wedged inside the 50, Reed hit it on the bounce, and now he's got his goal. He's been threatening all night. Ruffett toppled over the back, left it for West off at the back, who slots it through. A five-goal turn from Port. From the throw, oh, slung as he kicked it. It's a goal! Is it Trelaw? Yeah. What a kick! There must have been a little bit of fortune in that as he was slung and somehow got ball to boot and got it in the right direction. So that's it. It's a 39-point margin at the close. It's a hard score at the top. Collingwood gives Port Adelaide a sound lesson in it on Friday night footy. The first 30 minutes was uh, exceptional footy. You get to quarter time and you, you've really got no more else to say than, geez, well done, boys. You know, that's that's how, that's how footy played at its best. 20 inside 50s, turning the ball over in your front half nearly plus 20 contested ball. We really imposed ourselves on the opposition and set the game up when it counted. The might of Collingwood given a full first quarter airing to make a romp of Friday night footy. Is the Magpies best the competition benchmark? We'll chat with forward Jamie Elliott. I think the opposition were really on and they uh, they made us pay. They, they, they did that for most of the night, to be fair. For 40 minutes of the game, we played reasonable football and we matched it with a high quality side but that, that was about it 40 minutes because I felt like they perhaps could have won by a bit more we knew how good the opposition was that we were coming to face so you know we get a we get a little reminder of, of that gap that you talk about you know I think that's that's fair a painful stock take for Port Adelaide what does last night do to Ken Hinckley's aspirations and where can the necessary improvement come from got it off to Dalhouse not enough on the snap Ablett's Flow over the top of Miller and takes a hanger. Danaher squeezed and found the path and kicked oh. the goal. Oh. Joey is back. Here's Yablon again. He's kicked it from the pocket this time. He's having the time of his life, Gary Ablett. Danaher from downtown lashes at a goal. Oh, oh. gee, it's close. I think it's there. It might have got there. It's a goal. Oh. And ahead of tomorrow's star-studded country game, coaches Chris Scott and John Warsfold join us with the Cats and Bombers poised for battle. This is the Round 7 edition of Crunch Time for Honda. What the H is the deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals and head to Subway and try the new hot grilled paninis.
Saturday dawns on the rise of the pies and a sobering night for Port Adelaide. Jared Waitley with you for crunch time. Dermot Burton is with me. Hello, Derm. Good morning. How are you going, Jared? I'm good. Bob? Hello, Derm. Jared hasn't introduced you yet, but I'm willing to say good morning, Bob <laughs> Murphy. A, thank you, Derm. <laughs> there you go. Did a, your job for you. Good work. Say good day to Kane as well. <laughs> Where's Kane? We'll find him. We'll find him. We'll, we'll rustle around. He'll, he'll, be run, he'll be running somewhere. <laughs> might be, might be in one of these ultra... He runs too much. Yeah, no, you can't be doing that He's to your Forrest knees. Gump style. Not once you've played your last, you yeah. can't be destroying your knees like that. What impression did Collingwood make on you? Uh, just like a kid who's going to year 12 looking to take on the big world in 12 months, you have your end of, in our days when there was three terms to the year, they got their end of first term examination and they... And they did all right, but they failed. You know, they, they, they went all right in some areas, but they got an examination and they have learnt what it's like to travel in the world of big-time football in AFL. Bob, is Collingwood's best the best there is? Uh, it's the best I've seen this year, yeah. They were so clearly on last night. Just the – I mean, looking at the – we'll talk about the Bulldogs a bit later. You, you just see how hard it is – for them to score at the moment. And when Collingwood, just the weaponry they have and the way they can isolate medium small forwards at full forward and, and have a huge impact, I just think at the moment they're the clear forward. I thought it was wonderful to see Darcy. You know, they knew that Darcy Burns an attacking backman and whoever got Darcy Burns takes him to the goal square and isolates him. Yeah, and I thought it was wonderful coaching to actually get the discussion between your forwards to say, mm. right, I can play this sacrificial game. Whoever gets burned, this is what we do to win. Yeah, there's thought, isn't it? It's not yeah. just not just the yeah. raw talent, but they're they're moving yeah. the chess pieces. Yeah. It was it was a frightening opening term. So Stevenson was the alley. He was an interesting one. As we felt like he got lost in the early stages of the season, especially round one and two, up yeah. the grounds. Yep. Now I tried to play him as a winger, which yeah. I watched his junior football, and I and I still say it. We are yet to see his major trick in league football. And as he gets more and more confidence, it will come about. We saw it in his second goal when he was trapped under the ball, a forward of Darcy Byrne-Jones. He recognised the drop of the ball was going over them. And even though he was in front of Byrne-Jones, he beat him back to the ball Mm. to snap the ball for another goal. His ability to sidestep and get goal side of his opponent when he plays as a midfielder is his major weapon, and we still haven't seen it yet. Mm, that first step of his, is a, it's a wicked first step. It's amazing, Bob. I, I, I used to look at your good self, and now I'm looking at Stevenson, and, the, you know, your similar heights, and honestly, you'd have to run around in the shower to get wet. You're <laughs> skinny like string beans, and yet you can play... At full forward, and uh, in this era where we've got 14 and a half, 15 stone midfielders and the likes, we, we've got a 75 kilo lad playing at full forward. It's a real, I mean, I, I think about the opposition prep for them of just, there'd be small, medium defenders who they play each week thinking, I don't want to be in that goal square with Elliot with Stevenson or with Dugowie, but some stage I will be. Yeah. It, was, it was a bit like when Richmond used to do the Koch and Dustin Martin midfield full forward. If you found yourself at that fullback, it wasn't a very uncomfortable spot to be. I love the fact, and um, you've heard my thoughts on it before, used to be if you were a skillful player, you played in the forward line so you could get the ball through the goals. If you were a crunching tackle, run them down, you've played in the back line to stop the guys kicking the goals. Completely role reversal now. You, if you're that type of 
player from yesteryear that crunches the tackles. You play as a pressure forward now. Mm. If you're a skillful player, you go to the half-back line and you set it up. But I love the fact now that we're making those guys defend. Mm. And some of them are failing the test of being able to defend, which is the core subject of being a defender. And Scott Pendlebury, who clearly played under duress last year, he's given uh, some air to that as to what it was now that he's right. Um, he's every bit the, the champion we've long admired. Has he played better footy than he is at the moment? I mean, he's, he's been such a good player. And, like, he's, the whole, he's been I'd say yes, consistent. even though he's really good right now. Oh, gee, at the moment. The last two weeks have just – all too often we hear the, the comment, oh, you know, he's turned the pages back here. But he really has at the moment. I think he's – I've got a very good friend who I know and trust his football acumen. He's very accurate and he says, and he's seen them all. He's a Collingwood supporter, a little bit older than me. Good morning, Bows. <laughs> he just, he's a really good sports brainiac and he says Pendlebury is the best he's seen and he's been saying that for three, four years. Mm. So you add this onto his career now, what he's done in the last couple of weeks, his first quarter and last quarter last week were just superb. You add on another BOG today. At this age, mm. he's playing more what, midfield time. How old time. is he now? How old is Pendlebury? Let me go to the book, Bob. Go to the book. Give me a second on that one. Early 30s. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. <laughs> he was born in 1988, January 1988. Oh, so good year. 30. He's 30. 31. Yeah, yep. 31. So not uh, – he shouldn't be in decline no. yet. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, 31. Yeah, some of us were. <laughs> <laughs> so the question that sits over Collingwood is can you measure them as being better year on year? And that was their that's their own challenge is to be just that little bit better. It's hard and to gauge them against last year though. It is. Finals. Except you can go Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. Darcy oh. Moore is a, makes them profoundly yeah. different, does he not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year their two key backmen were Jeremy Howe and Tyson Golsack in the grand final. So Howe's now third string backman. Uh, you've, you've got Ruffhead as your second uh, tall defender and as a lockdown defender. Darcy Moore as your intercept player, market above the head. Yeah, also locked down and play the position. And Jeremy Howe's now third string. So they're better there. But then how could you ever say a team has improved on the game they played against Richmond in the preliminary final? So, I mean, there's all different ways of looking Mm. at it. And then then the Eagles took away their game after quarter time, move on to this year. Um, Yeah, there's been portions of time where you think it's every bit as good as the Richmond. A different style of game. Uh, what they dished up in the first quarter last night as to how they beat Richmond, which was the highlight of their season last year. Um, I still think, I mean, they've got so many ways that they can beat you and they most likely will, but I still think if Mason Cox is in that team and marking the ball like he did against Richmond, that is their number one game. Use the ball to their at their discretion, slow, medium tempo, express when they, you know, slingshot out of the back line. But if Mason Cox marks the ball inside forward 50, because they're not a super pressure team, but last in, in the forward 50, last night they turned on their best forward 50 pressure for the year. 
So they showed us something we hadn't seen for the first six games. It's Gary Lyon in the call at the conclusion described more as becoming a generational player mm. and the precise right player for the way the game is now. Uh, he does have the, the way that he attacks the game and his style mm. um, as he judges the ball. Jeez, he's a profound talent for there's them. Not, there's not much he can't do. I mean, he reads it really well in the air. He's good one-on-one on the ground. He's, he's just in that sweet spot of form at the moment. You can see the confidence. He's, he's in the zone as... Athletes. I agree with you, but if you're looking, are you treating this with circumspect? Think of the second half last week, well, the kick before halftime with Danaher. I mean, Darcy Moore is all those things you say, but if you can mark the ball above your head and you have good forward craft, he gives you a shot at it. Which is wonderful. It's it's almost Peter Knight's esque, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, but mm. he gives you a shot at it. Now, is that danger looming, or is it the way we want to see the game play? I loved seeing it played like that. Make no mistake. But is, does the coach want to see it that dare all the time, which can come back to bite you, like um, uh, um, Danaher did last week? His second half was fantastic, and he beat more yes, in he the did. second half. Which probably says a lot about Danaher. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the perfect encapsulation of Port Adelaide is Kane Corns. I love how you've committed to the crowd. Blew the start, but I know that she'll go after the hard ball from here. <laughs> Hello, Kane. That is it, Jared. I was uh, minus 13 scoring shots to three at quarter time just then. But uh, what, what a display it was in the first quarter. It, when you sit back and analyse it, uh, take out the first quarter is probably what we all expected. I mean, I, I just glanced over everyone's tips. I, I saw maybe one person out of 30 or 40 that tipped Port Adelaide last night. They had 11 players under 50 games. Collingwood had three. And at times it, it really did look, um, and forgive my cliche, it did look like men against boys at times last night. I thought they were brave to get back into the game, but... Collingwood just simply awesome. And this is the second crunch time I've rocked up after seeing Collingwood on a Friday night. The first one was against Brisbane. The second was last night and going, if I'm doing my pre-season tips again, I've got them right up the top ahead of Colling- ahead of Geelong right now who are clearly the clubhouse leaders. So is their best the, the best there is? Is that first quarter, is that the yeah. stamp of the season? It's the best I've seen, uh, and it's you know it's probably still a little bit early to judge. And you know I think we try to sort of do that around rounds eleven or twelve. But from what I've seen, um, their best is better than anyone's, and in, in particular, just just the way that their forward line is structured. And it's going to be a fascinating debate how they use Mason Cox and Derm. I agree. I think. I think Port Adelaide took a massive sigh of relief, a big breath when Cox was out. So he's threatening to the opposition. You, you do not want to come up with a team with Mason Cox in the forward line. So I play him. And I just pose the question to you three. Uh, Roughhead has been a very, very good contributor. But could we see if Reed is fit and can get some continuity with his footy, does Reed go back, replace Roughhead in the back line, and then does Cox go forward to add to that forward mix? So, I think I don't think it's a battle of um, Reed and Cox in the forward line. I think it's more a battle of Roughhead and Reed in the back line to team up with Howe and that man you've been speaking about, Darcy Moore. So I think Cox is in for me, absolutely. It's just going to come down to whether Roughhead can hold his spot, in particular if Reed um, stays fit. I, I would hold judgment on that until we can see if Reed can get yep. through 
you know, more footy. You know, just yep. doesn't just doesn't play enough. And Roughhead hasn't, you know, Jordan hasn't put a hasn't put a foot wrong so far down there. They they just seem like a really settled. Let defense. me hand over the tweezers and get the splinters out of your backside <laughs> there, Bob. Well, I, 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 if they're I, all I, fit I, I, in six weeks' time, and they've been all been playing, have got a body of work underneath, and they want to move into the second part of the season. Who gets the well, nod? Well, There's one too many. If Mason Cox comes back, there is one too many, which will make them top heavy and therefore vulnerable to a running team. Reed's best is better than than Ruffin. He's an all Australian. Yeah, he's an, he was an all Australian centre half back, and that's not you know Jordan's not at that level. But he hasn't he hasn't put a foot wrong down there thus far. He's been really solid for them. You, you pick teams on balance to beat the opposition. Reed is a tremendous player, but that's Collingwood's strength. I think Reed misses out. Mm. I think Roughhead for balance has to play. He's your your tall defender. So they come up. Who's the next best team in the comp? You toss it up between three teams: Geelong, West Coast Eagles, uh, Giants, and yeah, Giants. Okay, so West Coast Eagles—they're playing the grand final. If they're playing Darling and Kennedy, Roughhead has to play. Reed can't trail them around fast enough, and that's you're picking teams each week to win. You're picking teams to settle them against the really best by the end of the year. What if Nat Nui's there, Doom? What if, what if Nat Nui's well, there and Vardy's resting in the forward line? Then you need Reed. Uh, I think Grundy's. Why? Yeah. Why, why do you then need Reed? Well, I just think he gives you more height, and he he can take that resting ruckman in the forward line, and can it just he's over, just got over a bit... so, so over roughhead. Over Roughhead, I, I think Ruffhead so. Roughhead would be taller than Reed, I would think. Yeah, uh, I'd reckon. I don't reckon. know about that. He's six yeah, foot seven. It's not about that, but it, 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 you're right. It's but pretty big. But he, but he is he's tall. I think he's a better lockdown defender at this stage now because he's got wheels. He can run a little bit better than Reedy. Reedy tends to lope, and he's a beautiful kick of the mm. footy, Reed. Anyway, we're talking about their strengths and what do we want to pair off of their strengths. It's probably not the conversation we needed. They've got a, a, a wealth of riches in that area yeah. at the moment. Who knows? And we keep our fingers crossed. They might have to have one of them one way or the other. It's a long season just like other teams like that fall over with injury. And as I said, cross the fingers, hope it doesn't happen. But you've got to have these options. There's Bob, four centimetres right. between Roughhead and Reed. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, Who's Bob, you're right. Yeah. I'm wrong. Roughhead is taller. Yes. I put my hand up. I'm completely wrong. Well done. <laughs> A moment <laughs> for the archives. <laughs> Kane will get you to run the rule over Port Adelaide next. Um, what was last night? And do they have the necessary improvements in them, having got the early season measure against the benchmark? You can call the Star 21 open line, one 736 736 Star 21, your world's endless possibilities is Collingwood's best, the best there is in 2019. This is crunch time. Know what the H you're getting. Search Ask Honda and try the new hot grilled paninis at Subway. Get end of financial year satisfaction with the Volkswagen Amarok V6 from 49990 Drive Away with three years free scheduled servicing. T's and C's at volkswagen.com.au. I'm Jared Waitley. To make sense of the weekend's footy, David King's Monday means test is essential listening. They can't get their hands on the ball. They cannot win contested possession at the moment. They're the last team in the competition by differentials, and that's a damning statistic. Plus, Robert Craddock. Join me Monday from 9. Do you hold a current full Victorian motorcycle or scooter licence and want to earn some extra cash? Scooty! Melbourne's new two-wheeled taxi service is here. 
And right now, Scooty is looking for motor scooter drivers to beat Melbourne's traffic congestion and get people to the game, the gig or the meeting. Sign up at scooty.com.au today and turn your motor scooter into a money-making machine. Scooty. Delivering people. We can move the world for you, Cameron's. The iconic Cameron's can-do yellow trucks are delivering great things for Australia. Cameron's number one goal is to drive to zero. Zero injuries, zero damages, zero unsafe acts. Every team member works together to contribute to a safe working environment and importantly, a safe community. Drive to zero, a safety vision for all. We can move the world for you. Cameron's can-do. Cameron's.com.au Got a coffee craving? Head to McCafe for smooth, delicious, barista-made coffee. Made with care and craft, it's yours to enjoy anytime, day or night. We're 24-7 people. McCafe, we're coffee people. Selected restaurants only. Hi, I'm Jack, and my dad is Pete from the Tulsa stores in Rosebud and Mornington. NBN is here on the Mornington Peninsula, and our team is here to help. We can answer all your questions and get you ready for NBN, so you can stream like a dream, upload a truckload, and enjoy high-speed entertainment. So drop in and see the team at the Telstra stores in Mornington and Rosebud, or call us on 1300 My Telstra. That's 1300 698 357. 1300 698 357. Introducing the next generation in off-road tyre technology, the BF Goodrich Mud Terrain KM3 tyre. The new must-have for all off-road enthusiasts. This beast is designed for extreme toughness and traction in mud, sand and heavy rock. Delivering incredible grip, the KM3 is built to climb, made to mud and created to conquer. Find your closest BF Goodrich dealer at bfgoodrich.com.au. The BF Goodrich Mud Terrain KM3. What are you building for? Hey footy fans, the official AFL 2019 Select Footy Stars collector cards have just been released. Featuring the popular Starburst caricatures, milestone game cards and the exciting Brownlow predictors. Also check out the brand new Instant Impact and Strike Force subsets. Plus you could win a trip to Disneyland and other monthly prizes. Select Footy Stars collector cards are for both kids and the serious collectors alike. Available now from most news agencies, AFL stores and leading retail outlets. Select Footy Cards, the collector's choice. You got and carry the fridge. Beat the fridge. Eat the fridge. Hang on, there's nothing in the fridge. Anywho, Sportsbet's racing form has all the info you need in one spot, including expert tips from Best Bets with Sportsbet. Gamble responsibly. Introducing Peter Gordon from Gordon Legal, Victoria's most experienced personal injury lawyer. I say to my clients that three things are important. One is to get you the best possible result financially that we can. The second is to get it in the shortest possible time. And the third is that through your relationship with Gordon Legal that you feel as comfortable as you can. If you've been injured on the road, Gordon Legal is ready to help with your car accident claim. And of course, it's no win, no fee. Visit gordonlegal.com.au. Gordon Legal. It's personal. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled paninis. Jared Waitley, Dermot Burton, Kane Corns, Bob Murphy with you on Crunch Time in the aftermath of Collingwood's 39-point win over Port Adelaide. Take a couple of your calls, get Kane to run the rule over Port. Star 21, your world, endless possibilities, one three hundred star 21 The open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Reid or Roughhead, Cox and Reid, how did it all shake out? Not just your views. Steve from St Kilda's joining in. Hello, Steve. 
G'day, fellas. How's it going? Good, good, Stevie. I'm, I'm in the unusual position of agreeing and disagreeing with you, all of you. Um, <laughs> so I, I think the back six is settled at Collingwood. I don't think you mess around with putting Ben Reid back in there. Yes, Dermy's a, he's a lovely long kick, but he lost that sidestep and pinpoint 20-metre pass from the back line. He doesn't really have that in his arsenal anymore. Yep. And I reckon they're going to find some way of, of playing the three tools up forward at different points. And I think with the Gully playing a little bit more time on the ball, Josh Thomas can obviously play a little bit more time in the midfield as well. I think that they can sort of work out a mix with the three big guys, obviously including Mason Cox up forward. And, and I think if they get it right, um, it, it, it could be something special, actually. Good on you, Steve. We'll get Dave in Melton to add his view. Dave, where do you sit? Good, Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? How are you? you need both of them. There's no way you can use Reed in the ruck. He's too injury prone, and Cox is perfect for that second ruck. And with young Jaden Stevenson, last year, he used to use his leg speed almost at every contest. And this year is much smarter about it, and he's tucked it away a bit. Doom, I think you're right. Good on you. Well, yeah, uh, Jared, sorry, we, Jared, we spoke about uh, Collingwood and Stevens, and I think it was about three weeks ago, and we said, you know, how can they improve and get that forward line functioning? Remembering Stevenson started the year outside 50, he was yep. doing most of his work up the ground, and, and we spoke about it with King, and we said, well, this guy is so threatening closer to goal. I love the way that they've been able to adjust that in the last, probably the last three weeks, and Port Adelaide just had no answers. At one point, they started Burn Jones on him. He clearly had the better of him in the first quarter. They then went to Dougal Howard, who's 200 centimetres because he's got the leg speed. He was outplayed by him. So he, he's just a, just an unbelievable talent, isn't he? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, we discussed him uh, every which way already in the first half hour of the show. So, yeah, we know what we're looking at now. As I say, I'll just underline it again. We are still yet to see in football terminology... His biggest weapon has yet to be laid on the table. A midfielder who gets the ball, looks up, and his opponent's between him and the direction he wants to go. He is arguably the best junior I've seen at seven or eight seconds later being goal side of that opponent. Mm. The sidestep and electrifying pace just to get around that player. And from there, the the world changes for a football team. That's his biggest weapon, Mm. and we're yet to see it. Kane, get the red pen out. Where did Port Adelaide fail? Uh, my question mark over the, over them throughout the preseason uh, was always around their midfield, Jared. So if you look at the names in the midfield, and I'll give them to you. So it's Boak, it's Wines, it's Rockliffe, it's Power Pepper. Ebert spends some time through there. Robbie Gray also when he's there. Add Willem Drew in. You, you look at the six or seven names I just mentioned, they are too similar. They are far too similar. So they're all... Great contested clearance players who lack a bit of zip and a leg, a leg speed, probably besides Travis Boak, who can spread out of the contest. And they're all poor kicks. Now, I, I say that um, just because it's the truth. If you, if you look at the numbers, the cold, hard numbers, they, they are all of them that I mentioned poor kicks. Rockcliffe is, a, is an okay short kick, but doesn't give you the penetration. Power Pepper's going at 50% by a foot for the season. Boak's probably just under 60%. Um, and the others I mentioned struggle with their ball use. So that's the issue for me. They're they're too similar through the midfield, and once they're exposed on the inside and they're matched there, teams just run away from them. We we saw it last night. It was the midfield that did the damage early, 
and that's why they conceded 20 inside 50s in the first quarter. And you can't compete with that, and that's why Ken was so frustrated at quarter time. So they lack a genuine um, class and speed through the midfield and a good ball user is where I said I think that's the biggest issue. And clearly, Charlie Dixon fit and firing helps West off and, and Marshall in the forward line because those two, they're not key forwards. They're, they're, they're just not. They're the third, they're the fourth string forwards, and you need Dixon in there to do that grunt work. So that's a quick snapshot of how I see it. I had them eighth before the start of the year. That doesn't change. I think they're somewhere from between sixth to to 10th this year. And I think that'd be a pretty good result considering the turnover of the list that they've had. I'd imagine you're viewing them as a 12 to 14 win team. Yeah. Yep. Can I ask you? Not 14. I don't think they'll get 14. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That means you're losing ten. eight. What have they got now? They've lost three. So, hey, um, can I ask you, your, your pace on the outside covers the, the you know, the grunt work of the, of the blokes who put their nose right in the trough and it's hard to accelerate away from inside the pack. There's a kid who's playing on the back flank, a half-back line, Riley Bonner. I thought he was express pace when I saw him over the last two years. Last year, he semi-cemented his position. The year before, he had, you know, a little bit of air time just to see what he could do. He doesn't back his pace in this year. Although he's playing reasonable football, he doesn't seem to back his pace in anymore, Kane. I think that's a good summation to him. And I'm not sure he's ever been expressed, but he's the he was the Pittard replacement across halfback. Now... Hartlett's not there. They had him playing halfback and, and maybe Bonner goes to the wing when Hartlett comes back in. But he hasn't quite cemented his spot. I think he's vulnerable at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that's really hurt them is Motlop. So they have brought Motlop in to play on the wing and, and get him up around the ball, get up and back, use his speed and use his ball use and his now surround goals. He's out of form. And they overlooked him for Carl Amon last night who... Um, has been an inconsistent player at the level and was once again um, had a poor game last night. So they just got some issues on the outside, and that that's an area they need to address. Now, clearly in time, Rosie goes in there probably and and spends some time through there, and they'll look to make create him as a midfielder. But right now, he's not doesn't have the engine to do that. So look, I, I don't think they'll be too disappointed last night. Clearly, the first quarter, the first ten minutes in particular, would would be really disappointing for them on the big stage, but. Um, it's been it's been an okay start to the year. They've been pretty much in every game so far through seven rounds. Can can I just push you a bit more on the on the start though? Last night, mm. Kane. So you talked about the you know the midfield pace that, and that's where Collingwood sort of showed them up a bit. But and we've talked about how Collingwood were on. That's what you know people in football say. They were on. But watching from the TV, it, it looked obvious as well that Port Adelaide were off. Mm. And for a Friday night interstate against against one of the big contenders. You're brushing over that a little bit. It was it was pretty pretty bad, pretty poor. No, yeah, it was. And when you look at you look at the numbers, so I, I did mention the outside sort of stuff, but it, it was inside as well, wasn't it? So um, they were plus the twenty odd in contested Collingwood, plus thirteen in ground balls, and and sixty one in disposal. They just couldn't get their hand on it. And uh, Ken did have a, a massive crack at Lysett at quarter time, and it, it probably did as as much as it is tough to label it on, on one person. You look at his first quarter. Scott Lysett started in the ruck and didn't touch the footy. Paddy Ryder drops a mark in the goal square early on. You get the first one away from home, calms the nerves, gets everyone feeling okay. Uh, Lysett missed a goal from, I don't know, he couldn't gather the ball from about two metres out. So you take those opportunities, you feel into the game, uh, but all of a sudden you know what it's like. It's like a, a tsunami, a wave of Collingwood, the crowds there, and 
game over at quarter time. So, no, nah, I'm not brushing over it. They'd be bitterly disappointed with the way that they handled the contest in the first, I thought in particular, 15 minutes of that first quarter. We've we've seen teams, uh, even though Grundy can dominate the ruck, and the Bulldogs was a great example. Grundy can dominate the ruck, but I don't think I've seen this season Brody Grundy tap the ball out and I'm being honest, further than one and a half metres from where he is standing. So his drop zone is incredibly close. And we saw the doggies shark him because they knew where it was going. So then it becomes a robust play as to who gets closer into Brody Grundy's front and centre to shark that tap out. In the first quarter, with a team full of bulls led by Ollie Wines, they just didn't shark Brody Grundy, and they got swept aside at the clinch. They got better thereafter, but they just didn't come out with that intent to read Brody Grundy. The thing I was a bit disappointed with as well, it, round one, they, they just went after Max Gorn. Now, we know there was probably an adjustment, Jared, in the rules after that, but but I didn't see I didn't see any of that. So I, I thought, and there was a bit of talk prior to the game, big stage, you've got Brody Grundy, you've got two quality ruckmen in Lysett and Ryder, tag-teaming him. There's no Mason Cox. Where, where was the aggression against Brody Grundy, who, you know, he's pretty unflappable, isn't he, Brody? But I, but I thought that was worth a try, particularly because it works so well in getting under the skin of Max Gorn. Gorn gave away free kicks off the ball and he was badly beaten in round one by the same lineup, the same same names. So I, I was disappointed in the lack of physicality. And it, mm. it might have been a 2 percent, but you know what it's like. You, you get into the game by doing that. You feel like, oh, I gotta, I, if I'm going to do this off the ball... When the ball's there, I've got to put my head over it because I've got to back up my actions off the ball. That I didn't see any of that. So I was a bit disappointed considering how well it worked uh, in round one for Port Adelaide. Taking on a player and physically attacking him and trying to get into his mind and let him know that every time he has an involvement, he's going to be beset. It works with some and some it doesn't. I don't know if it mm. would work with Brody Grundy. I know well, once I had to go at a young, young player from North Melbourne in his first season... And his name was Glenn Archer. I've never seen a bloke less frightened in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you, I would have thought he was 18. You, you had no idea how, how unlucky you were. <laughs> I picked the of toughest all the players bloke. You picked. I picked the toughest <laughs> bloke of the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought the same about Gorn, though. And, you know, he he's a big, bad, scary All-Australian Ruckman. But and even to your point, though, Kane, it's, it, it's some, it can be to put off that player, Grundy, in this situation, but it... What it can do is it can just lift the temperature and intensity of your own yeah, mm. of your own soldiers. Yep. And there was no mistake. Ken went for Lysette at the time. Oh, so oh, oh. That, that gave you a pretty good idea yeah. of what Kenny was thinking. Yeah, where was absolutely. the lack of presence and physicality I, there? I, do you like seeing that? I, 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 I remember Nathan Buckley copped it a couple of years ago. For He, he did it to one of the... Yeah, he grabbed him by the jump. One of the boys down on the boundary line. I don't mind that at all. It's a man's game and a, 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 it's nothing untoward, but sometimes harsh truths have to be told. Mm. And at 7-6 mm. to 3 behinds, so that, that would be yeah. a moment, wouldn't it? And for the rest of the game, it was 8-12 to 10-6, so Port won the rest of the game by six points, which has to be measured up with everything. Yep. But um, they got... They certainly got a response in the second quarter anyway. Um, we've come back to last night when Jamie Elliott joins us after 12. We're going to head to the early edition of The Crunch in a moment. Uh, a whole glad bag of topics that have shaped the week. Particularly, we're out the other side of the Anzac round. That's where 
That's where normality sets in, and that's where the grind begins. So we've got a decent body of evidence before us. We'll pick apart all the key questions of the week with the rest of round seven to unfold. The crunch will be for Scooty, a Scooty two-wheel taxi. Leave boredom behind. When PointsBet ambassador Alan Iverson says pay him out early, PointsBet listens. Get paid out early on NBA head-to-head bets if your team is up by eight or more points at halftime. That's right. Lead by eight or more points at halftime, and you win. It's PointsBet's NBA early payout, and it's available on every game this NBA playoffs and finals. Download the PointsBet app today. T's and C's apply. Gamble responsibly. Hello. I'm Emily for the Family Peace Foundation. It was my birthday last week. Mum asked me what I wanted for a present. I told her I just wanted one thing. For her and Dad to show me how much they love each other. For just one day to show me how much they care for each other. Guess what? (laughs) They gave me the best birthday present I've ever had. Family Peace. Do it for your kids. Got a coffee craving? Head to McCafe for smooth, delicious, barista-made coffee. Made with care and craft, it's yours to enjoy anytime, day or night. We're 24-7 people. McCafe, we're coffee people. Select restaurants only. As the excitement builds to the big game, it's crunch time. You check your TV's working. Tick. The fridge is stacked with cold drinks. Tick. Plus the spare fridge in the shed. Tick. And you've got your footy snacks, right? Me footy snacks. I forgot my funny snacks! Relax. Go to your local Coles for crunchy corn from the Gourmet Nut Co. Corn from the cob roasted to perfection and lightly salted with three different flavours. It's crunch time. Crunchy corn, the ultimate footy snack. Available at Coles. At Melbourne Airport, you can get one-hour terminal parking for just $12. It makes it easy to greet your loved ones when they come home or give them a proper send-off. You can also park for up to three hours for just $24 and one day for $51. That's cheaper than a taxi to and from the city. For warmer welcomes, proper goodbyes and everything in between, Melbourne Airport Parking is here to get you there. Visit melbourneairport.com.au. Daisy Pierce shares another Toyota Good for Footy story. Toyota's Good for Footy program makes footy more accessible for all Australians, with local dealerships getting involved at a community level, just like this one. Here at Mornington Toyota, being part of Toyota Good for Footy program helps us support our local community. We sponsored Mount Martha Junior Football Club for three years, and myself being the fleet manager, I even coached down there. We've also expanded our support to other footy clubs so we can be more connected to our local community. Now that that's good for footy. At PaintSpot, our aim is Melbourne's lowest prices on Hames paint. PaintSpot. Grab four litres of Hames Expressions Matte or Low Sheen White Base for just seventy ten. PaintSpot. Ten litres is only one hundred and fifty two ninety. Save seventeen dollars. Or fifteen litres is one hundred and eighty seven ten. A saving of twenty dollars eighty. But only at PaintSpot and only until May thirty one. Details at paintspot.com.au. PaintSpot. Getting a decent and intelligent tip for the Major League Baseball can be a big hit or miss. So when you're ready to play ball, do things the intelligent way with Global Sports Intelligence. 
Get the hottest tips on worldwide soccer, baseball, NBA and more sent directly to your phone or email, including exact score tips, handicap markets and total score markets. Updated and documented 24-7. Visit gsitips.com.au. Gamble responsibly. You gotta carry the fridge. Beat the fridge. Eat the fridge. Hang on, there's nothing in the fridge. Anywho, Sportsbet's racing form has all the info you need in one spot, including expert tips from Best Bets with Sportsbet. Gamble responsibly. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled paninis. Saturday footy begins with Melbourne and Hawthorne, the Giants and St Kilda. Aren't there some players missing from that game now with the uh, late withdrawals at the Giants and what we knew at selection for St Kilda. This is crunch time. Jared Waitley, Kane Corns, Dermot Brereton, Bob Murphy. We've got Jamie Elliott who's going to join us shortly and the two coaches for tomorrow's country game, Chris Scott and John Worsfold with plenty on offer in that game. Many a story to be told at the G tomorrow. The crunch, the quickest way to leave the MCG. Scooty or two-wheel taxi. Download the app today. So where should we start? Well, let's start here. Hypoxic training. Oh. If you're risking drowning players, Bob, have you gone too far? Uh, well, perhaps, but it I, depends it just, which ones. It, yeah. <laughs> I know a few coaches who would have actually willfully put a few down. Let's start with let's start with the positives first. That I think you know Petrarca is you know he's come under some criticism and he's trying to improve his tank and he's really pushing himself. The boy, if he if he's pushed himself to the point of drowning. That's a, that, that's a little positive. I reckon there'd be some Melbourne he's supporters. <laughs> Melbourne supporters be going, he's having a dip. He's having <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a fun, pardon the fun. The other thing, so, and I assume it's still the same for current players, but every session we did, you would have to mark it from one to ten of physical exertion, whether it was a walking a couple of laps or, you mm. know, time trial running. I gave one ten for my whole career, and that was a mid-ball hypoxic swim session where this brought back painful memories for me, Jared, of taking on water, no oxygen, sort of hanging on to the side of the pool at the end of the session thinking of seeing black spots here. So, um, How does it work? Explain so this so, to well, me. The, what the session we did was we, you're, you're treading water yeah. with a mid-ball above your head, so it's just your legs kicking to keep you afloat and then on the on the coach's call you go underneath to the bottom so the weight of the ball takes you down to the bottom yeah push yourself back up to the top and then continue to how deep's the pool roughly uh a couple of meters so over your, you know it's over your over your head couple two and a half meters. meters probably it was <laughs> so the, you wouldn't make was, a navy seal oh, oh. <laughs> kane did you ever do anything like this it was the only 10 i ever gave it was traumatic we we did uh, we did some like holding your breath exercises. It's it's amazing how much you can improve. So I think it was more testing for, for us. You know, it was just a brief session. We didn't invest in it ongoing, but it was just a brief session about how your mindset works and the fact that you you know you try and start and you can hold your breath for say I don't know 30 40 seconds by the end of the session you've got guys holding their breath for sort of a minute and a half just through some techniques and some breathing and some mindset wow. stuff so that's 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 how we did it and there are certain things that you can do to relax yourself which helps you hold your breath underwater I'm not sure ours was more blunt trauma yeah no it like <laughs> had nothing to do with finding zen in the uncomfortable it was just we're gonna hurt these blokes today wait the only thing 
thing we ever did like that. We had an obstacle course of 10 different levels and they were sliding ropes and there was balance and there was power and there was strength. Everything combined into it to get through each level. It was who could get to the highest level. That was suspended above a pool. And our dear friend Jason, the pig, Dunstall got tangled up and ended up hanging upside down (laughs) on level two and his feet were tangled in the rope and from the waist up or or down because he was inverted, so his, his upper torso hanging upside down was completely submerged. And not one of his 39 teammates jumped in to help him. <laughs> they had their own problems. No, they were all watching laughing. He, he had to get out of it himself and he came up blue. That's the closest we've ever had to the Petrarca incident. Very good. <laughs> we, that, near, closest to death experience you ever had while training, Kane? Oh, closest to death. <laughs> probably on one of his weekly runs at the moment. No, the, worst, the worst day I ever had in my footballing career was the Tuesday after Matthew Primus um, lost his job in 2012. And middle of winter, Gary Hocking came in as caretaker and he said, look, you blokes have cost a coach his career and you're going to pay for it, meet you at the beach at 5.30 the next morning, middle of winter. <laughs> and usually it's just a, you know, a swim around the jetty, 10 minutes you're back in. This was an hour. It was pitch black. It was cold. It was freezing. And, and the only reason they called it off was because Matt Thomas, who's a player at the time, had Maybe. not one ounce of fat on him. He was oh, yeah, ripped. He was cut. No protection for the cold. He went purple and, and was close to hypothermia, and that's the only <laughs> way, the only reason they called it off. So that was the worst day of my footy career. That's 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 why you blokes weren't playing well. You weren't fat oh, I enough. I know. <laughs> We're just getting to the good stuff now, aren't we? <laughs> hey, is, is the GOAT conversation a poise to reignite in the AFL? So let me take you back. I take you back to 2014. And this was a constant. Gary Ablett was about to become a triple Brownlow medalist. He'd polled 22, as it turned out, he'd polled 22 votes in 15 games. Um, the winner of the Brownlow that year, Matt Prittis, polled 26. So he had the Brownlow at his mercy when he was tackled to ground, popped his shoulder. That's right, yeah. And he was never the same player over the next uh, three years. He played six games in 15, 14, 14 over the next two years. Last year he played 19 games for Geelong but didn't look a shadow of the player that he'd been. Now in the in the rejigged role, uh, he's captured everybody's imaginations Again, his place in the overall scheme of things. In the middle of 2014, it was a Mm. weekly conversation. Where did he sit against the greats? If he continues on with it this year, and there's nothing better than a live goat conversation, ask the NBA (laughs) how they're going with that. Um, Is it poised to reignite them? Uh, Undoubtedly. What happens is at that age, if you can still not just do something worthwhile for the team, but if you can actually do something which – should be the domain of a younger man mm. <laughs> at his peak. You say, that, this is incredible. To me, I look at him and I actually felt for him and I'd criticised yep. him on occasions because I'm. when you're looking at players, you're all, I'm all about what they can supply for the team. And there were times I thought he protected his body. Now, we understand why he protected his body because it was sore and it was hurting. I To me, he looks healthy. He's mm. not showing that level of self-protection right now. Admittedly, he's playing... As a forward, but it's a high half forward, so it's running back towards goal. It's not I'm standing in the forward line and there's a backman ready to punch me in the back of the head every time I jump for the ball. He's actually flowing through traffic. He's a momentum runner, isn't he? he Absolutely. Just it's he just a great keeps, description. He, just ro- he rolls and rolls and rolls. I think there's industry And he finds excitement. the moment to accelerate yeah. too, yeah. 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 I, I just think there's industry mm. excitement around 
because of the the injury plagued few years of could there be the final act? And the early part of this season has told us that we might get a final act above and beyond what we could have hoped for. So there's, I think I just think there's a bit of this tantalising like oh, how, how, he might get one. Act. He might get one or two a game, but answer me, Bob. Do you think he can ever be a ten, eight, ten centre bounce? Uh, um, ball ups, centre bounce square, uh, bounces don't in a game again. Uh, I don't. I just. I just don't. Or know you've if got that's what you've got right, now, yeah, and you I think th- it's I that think, good. I Let's think not break it. They've found the sweet spot of that that rolling half forward. Yep. The momentum running. I think yep. that's that's what's going to help his body. And he's completely got his mind around it, hasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. seems it. You're an old romantic at heart, Kane. Is can you see this building? Yeah, I. Well, he's. I struggle to buy into this conversation because I, you know, I didn't see Lee Matthews play, and I didn't see those players of yesteryear play. But in terms of modern times, he's what he did because I thought unbelievable at Geelong. He went up another level for me when he went to Gold Coast, one out, and still performed like he did without the protection, without the handballs behind the back, and the protection that he got from his Geelong teammates to go and do that single-handedly was unbelievable. And I'm I'm with you, Dan. I questioned some of his efforts as well. But in modern times, he's he's probably the best I've seen or played on. I saw Lee play. That was yeah. frightening. Oh, yeah. It was frightening to play against him in, in simulated match practice. Mm. You, see, you ever see those pictures of great white sharks? There's just a black eyeball. <laughs> when he was on the ground, his eyeballs just used to go completely black. He was like a great white shark that had menace about them and, and you knew there was no compassion or heart for anything. He was. He was the, the epitome of a football killer. Yeah. This is the crunch for Scooty. Make your trip exciting. And good. Scooty two-wheeled taxis. Hey, did Josh Kelly hedge his bets at the Giants with a two-year deal? And there's all sorts of talk about intentions and indications and triggers and the like. But the truth is it's a two-year deal and there's a decision to be made down the track as to whether he's a giant for life. Um, that was that was my gut reaction to it. I, I kind of – I need more information here. If someone says, oh, there's triggers for six <laughs> – what what are the mm. what is the is it just so, him so if going, I'm taking yeah. a stab yeah if I'm taking a stab at it the next phase all the financials are in place so yeah. there's no need to negotiate in two years time it's yeah. either yes or no on the deal that's been negotiated so that's if I'm so Josh in two years time has to make the decision am I going through with that or am I exercising my free agency. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a luddite with this stuff, you know that, Jerry. That's why you look straight to me because it. Just, I just sort of think, I, I kind of sometimes feel like, are you in or out? Especially after having already done it once, it was the two year deal to oh let's see what happens and then, is it the same again? I don't know. I'm being left behind by these by these young <laughs> footballers. Kane, um, uh, I uh, look. I think it's smart. It's it's what I would advise if I was his manager because what happens is you end up renegotiating every sort of eight months because they don't want to let him come out of contract. So he's going to start renegotiating probably six to eight months into this deal. It's going to continue to go up. It's not going to go down. No, so I think all... that's the peculiarity of this one is that part of it is done. It's right. So I don't think there is a future negotiation. Now, I'm, yeah. I, now I'm, yeah. I might be wrong about this, but my read on it is that all the negotiation for the future is done it's just a, do you want to take that up or not? So let me ask you a, a secondary question. If the Giants win a premiership and 
Josh Kelly is involved in that and has a medallion hanging around his neck within two years. Maybe a brown though as well. Yeah. Does is that more inclined to keep him? Yeah, this is a good or question. Or say to him, "You've done everything you set out. How about we go home <laughs> and finish our career there?" Yeah. Does the, the to get the the next six years? Do they have to finish? Second to fifth. Right. <laughs> Just agonisingly close. Sixth or lower, forget, I'm out of here. But forget and the money. It, I'm out of here. Got to if, finish if, second to fifth. Forget the money because everyone goes out in the ground, they do as best as they can, and then once you step off the field and somebody says, where's your next house payment coming from? You say, right, what's my contract like? And then you worry about that. So, but when, you, when you're a player, you play when you're on the field. You train the way you want to train to play. Uh, you only think about it on the outside. So that's the business of football. Yep. But in the emotion stakes, is it the is I've captain? achieved what – like Hamling, who's yeah. at, at Dockers, yep. got a premiership and then he said, I'm going home. I'm taking a premiership with me. Thanks for the time here. It was wonderful. I'm crowned. I'm a crowned player, and now I can go home. That's the psyche of some players. Yep. Or do some say, I want to stay and get more? What, where do you reckon he sits? The Giants fans don't know what to barrack for, do They just don't know what to barrack <laughs> Second for. Second to fifth. He hedged. He hedged. It's the only way to read it. The 40-wing series about sleep ladder update. So Collingwood a second. They're level on points with Geelong. The Cats have that game to come tomorrow. 126.9 is the percentage. Port. They slip to four and three. They'll drop down a little bit. They're 106.5 in terms of percentage. Uh, get 40 months interest-free at 40 Winks, 40-hour sale. We've got Jamie Elliott coming up and the coaches for tomorrow, Chris Scott and John Warsfold, ahead of the country game to come on Crunch Time. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Weekdays from 6 on SEN. Got a coffee craving? Head to McCafe for smooth, delicious, barista-made coffee. Made with care and craft. It's yours to enjoy anytime, day or night. We're 24-7 people. McCafe. We're coffee people. Selected restaurants only. From where you are, to the game. From the game, back to where you were. Get there with Scooty. Melbourne's first motor scooter rideshare service is here. More nimble, more affordable. Scooty is the new, safe, greener, easier way to zip your way through inner city peak hour. Next time you're out and about, jump on the back of a Scooty. Download the Scooty app and book a ride. Introducing the next generation in off-road tyre technology, the BF Goodrich Mud Terrain KM3 tyre. The new must-have for all off-road enthusiasts. This beast is designed for extreme toughness and traction in mud, sand and heavy rock. Delivering incredible grip, the KM3 is built to climb, made to mud and created to conquer. Find your closest BF Goodrich dealer at bfgoodrich.com.au. The BF Goodrich Mud Terrain KM3. What are you building for? Hey, footy fans, the official AFL 2019 Select Footy Stars collector cards have just been released, featuring the popular Starburst caricatures, milestone game cards, and the exciting Brownlow predictors. Also, check out the brand-new Instant Impact and Strike Force subsets. Plus, you could win a trip to Disneyland and other monthly prizes. Select Footy Stars collector cards are for both kids and the serious collectors alike. Available now from most news agencies, AFL stores, and leading retail outlets. Select Footy Cards, the collector's choice. Happy 
wife means happy life. A present from Sexyland this Mother's Day will leave her tickled pink. Buy one item from the Donna Lotions and Potions range and get the second half price. Take 25% off the Hype toy range for her. And check out new fun products for couples such as Joe All-in-One Massage Kits. Sexyland, 11 stores in Melbourne and Geelong or online at sexyland.com.au. Want to win the ultimate 2019 Toyota AFL Grand Final VIP experience? Thanks to Choices Boring, you and a mate could be mixing it with the stars at some of the biggest events of the footy season. Experience all the hype of Grand Final Week firsthand. Then be at the big match itself. The, the 2019, 2019 Toyota, Toyota AFL Grand, Grand Final. Prize includes all tickets, six nights accommodation and return flights. Visit iCanWin.com.au and you could win thanks to Choices Boring. AFL authorised GM promotion GM AFL 19 slash 30. Hi, I'm Phil Jeffrey from Doncaster BMW. Here's some genuine feedback we received from Catherine after taking delivery of her new BMW X3. She said, My experience with Henry was exceptional. He's courteous, knowledgeable, and explained not only the features of the vehicle, but all aspects of the process, including service and finance, extremely well. I will definitely be returning to Doncaster BMW for my next vehicle. Like Catherine, I invite you to experience this level of customer service for yourself at Doncaster BMW today. Introducing Levine, a premium quality paint now available at PaintSpot. Paint this month, grab four litres of Levine premium interior white base for just $49.90. Ten litres is only $99.90, save $34.10. Or save $56.10 on 15 litres for $129.90. Great Australian paint at a great PaintSpot price. Paint Head into your nearest PaintSpot to learn more about Levine premium paint and how you can save. Got a coffee craving? Head to McCafe for smooth, delicious, barista-made coffee. Made with care and craft, it's yours to enjoy anytime, day or night. We're 24-7 people. McCafe, we're coffee people. Selected restaurants only. The Kids Edition with Daisy Pierce returns Sunday morning from 8 on SEN. The award-winning Crunch Time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot grilled paninis. Friday night footy wasn't quite the showpiece game that was hoped for, but it did definitely give us the markers that we anticipated. Collingwood, 39-point winners, seven goals to nil in the opening term. Port Adelaide, a reality check about what lies in store at the pointy ends and where the improvement is required. Jared Waitley, Bob Murphy, Dermot Brereton, Kane Corns with you for crunch time. The three takeaways from last night for Crunchy Corn, the ultimate footy snack available at Coles. Kane. Jordan Dugowie. So we marvel at Collingwood's multi-pronged forward line. Can Dugowie be the player that we all hope and anticipate if he doesn't sort his kicking out? He can't be and he can't be until he does, Jared, unfortunately, because that's his go, isn't it? At the moment, until until he becomes the midfielder of the ilk of Patrick Dangerfield and perhaps he can get there if he can get his engine and his body up to speed, then then you can have other strings to your bow. But right now, he's a lead out of the goal square forward who does most of his work inside 50. Now, prior to last night, he was kicking it at 33% from set shots. Last night, he kicked another one goal, three. And that's not taking into consideration the ones that he completely misses. So you've just got no confidence in him when he gets a set shot from 
30 to 40 metres out, regardless if it's directly in front or not. The goals that he's kicking are coming you know, very close to goal where he's one-on-one -on -one and he gets it over the back and he uses his power to brush off his opponent and run into an open goal. So he can't become the million-dollar player that we all think he can be until he can sort this kicking issue out. Darcy Moore, Mike. This was Gary Lyon's assessment in the aftermath last night. Darcy Moore is looming as a generational-type player. He's as suited to the modern game. Take the midfields out. He's as suited as anyone playing the modern game, Darcy Moore. And he gets... More and more comfortable with every game he plays. I love the way he went about it tonight. Derm, what's his trajectory at the moment? Oh, it, I, I still see flaws in his, his game. As a, an old forward, I'd, I look at him and think, I wouldn't mind a shot at that if I was fit and healthy. Uh, he'd take a couple of hangers over you, but he'd give you a shot going back the other way. The, I, I would like to see just a little tightening of the defensive work of him because he sees the ball once it leaves the boot and he charges at it and a lot of people will tell you that is awesome a lot of crafty forwards will say that's awesome for me I can I can manipulate that but everything he's doing now I agree with Gary is superb you've seen the ball in the air it's charging to it and running it to it that's that's your biggest strength but it can become a little bit of a weakness I think it's yeah and you're starting to play with fire if you try and temper that so I just Hang it all out there and let him keep running at it. Yeah. And, Bob, the lasting images out of last night, yeah. and they'll they'll tie the year together, is the young lad, Chiron, who's mm. suffering brain cancer, embraced by the Magpies throughout the week and then really made the champion of last night from the moment they ran out on the ground to the song at the end. Is When a footy team is able to look beyond itself, what, what's, that, what's that look like within a club? Well, footy teams, particularly on, on game day, uh, a massive tension, excitement and anxiety, but there's a, there's a heaviness to it. So at those little moments, and we do it better in this game and we, we see a bit more of it. We talk about perspective, but we sometimes throw that word around a bit loosely, but with, um, with Chiron being in amongst that group on that night, it, there's perspective of, and but a levity to it of, okay, you know, this is, that's, that's bravery. And that's family, um, yeah, pretty pretty powerful. And they they did it they did it really well, Collingwood. Three of the takeouts from last night: crunchy corn, corn from the cob, roasted to perfection, and lightly salted. The ultimate footy snack. Uh, Jamie Elliott's going to join us in about five minutes' time. We've got the two coaches for the country game, Chris Scott and John Warsfold, to join us as crunch time unfolds this morning as well. We're in the crunch, Derm. West Coast. Everyone's treated West Coast with great respect this week, and they've earned that. They're three yep. and three. Just the little hint. So the word soft was sort of drifting around. Is the West Coast have a soft underbelly? I think they've got some components within their team which show a little bit of an underbelly. And that can occur within every team and even premiership teams. Years gone by when the examination was a little bit more complete across the ground when you're allowed to play that way, you could not have one softer style player out in the ground. These days, if he's a ball user, if he's a runner, you can but it also leads into other problems. And I, right now with Rance going down, I still think they're the major threat for the grand final, for the premiership this year. But they're just showing signs emotionally and mentally of just being a little bit off because of a bit of a, I won't say an underbelly throughout the team, but there's two, three, four boys each week that I think they're not emotionally physically 
100% invested in. They'll play and they'll try and play well, but it's on their terms. And once you have that, you don't have total commitment from the team. They could sort it out. They probably will sort it out. The next three weeks, they'll we expect them to win three times in a row. But what you've seen is the games where they've lost, those areas have been put under the microscope by good opposition. So, Bob, we were chatting about it earlier. Your, your statement of it was, does it put off the examination three nice softish kill wins in the next three weeks, does it put that off until we get to examine them? Because as I said, I think they're the best team, but they're not without their faults, and I think there is that existing in them. Is is the hunger question marked? Is that the one that rears its head? Yeah, well, that, the that's two weeks what, like that. That's what Adam Simpson has guided us towards: is not putting the head over the ball. It's sort of hard to read that mm. any other way. They are like, the questions sort of for July and August, but. Yeah, I mean, he's concerned. Well, Melbourne he's would have probably been that. their hardest critic. Melbourne would have probably thought that's a question for July, August. We'll win enough games yep. till then. Yep. So you've got to ask it mm-hmm. every time it comes up. And and a premiership can make you feel pretty good about yourself and think, well, we're a good team. Somebody else can do it until I kick into gear. Sometimes you don't kick into gear. As I said, Melbourne have got a preliminary final hangover. Kane, what's the fallout tomorrow for the loser of Carlton and North Melbourne? Um, well, it's significant if it's North Melbourne, I think, and I, I suspect that's the way it's going to go. You know, I think the football and the best football that Carlton have played has been pretty solid, and, and they should have beaten, um, well, clearly they should have beaten Gold Coast and probably Hawthorne last yep. week. And, and North, Great. I've seen live, live three times, and they don't have a lot going for them, unfortunately. There's there's holes across all of their lists. So I just really think that Carlton, despite the injuries that they've got, can challenge them with the height in their forward line um, and, and their midfield as well because we know North are, are pretty one pace through there. So I'd expect Carlton to win and I'd expect the fallout to be significant for North Melbourne. Look, there'll be no immediate action. I don't think the, the coach's job is immediately under threat or anything like that, but it's it's the conversation that will continue that's been around for the last month um, considering their starts of the year. I, I, I'm opposite camp to you. I love what Collingwood have been doing. Uh, what Carlton have been doing. Uh, I think the build is long term, and I think it will get very, very good. But at this stage of their progression, if Cruiser isn't out on the ground, I think they're a way off winning games. He's an important player, isn't he, Cruiser? Oh, he's, he's force on the ball to get it in the direction of Carlton. Just keep forcing the ball forward. It is, yeah, it's awesome. It's fantastic for the way they play. Over the last two weeks, they've been in absolute winning positions um, and they've played the better football out of eight quarters on the last two weeks. He's been on the ground for six, six and a bit of those quarters. The two quarters he hasn't was when Carlton struggled and got overrun, literally by Hawthorne, and... Um, and the Suns were somehow able to claw their way back into it. So to me, a team that has capabilities at the source, led by Cunnington, I think I think North win this and not super comfortable, but I reckon they, they get them without being in danger at the final siren. They're really interesting profiles. So if you if you use the twenty six, because who's to say around late yep. changes, and they are they're the contrasting 
um, list builds, I suppose, is Carlton will have got 17 first-round draft picks and 11 of them are top 10 picks. And I think in all likelihood they'll all be out there. North, 13 first-round draft picks, six top 10 picks. But Davies Uniac has been dropped, so he's their highest draft pick over that um, saw the stats on stretch. that. He's their second-highest ball winner, second, I think, third third-highest loose ball winner for the year. Uh, I think he ranks second for contested uh, at the source, at the stoppages. He's second or third in every department, and they've dropped him. They've dropped him. Mm. And if you take a six-year stretch of these two, so Carlton have six top ten picks, including two ones, and ten inside 20, and North have half of that three top ten picks, four, eight, and eight, and five inside 20. So... Um, with what Carlton is putting out, it's easy to view them through what's missing. If you start to view it from what's out there, uh, it is time to deliver against that. Mm. Um, so that's tomorrow uh, when North Melbourne and Carlton meet, and uh, that'll be interesting to Last see. Last game of the round, yeah. It, it, it does have a ghoulish fascination to it, that game, though. I mean, most people who love the, the ghoul factor are predicting something smarting will happen off-field in terms of statements or whatever at the end of that game, which I don't subscribe to. It doesn't happen no. anymore. So I... Not at – it happens earlier than this or it happens late. Yeah, we're probably past the calling mark for that type of behaviour. There's just been an intensity around yeah. the discussion. What yeah. the If Carlton don't win, it will be, we'll win. Yeah. And if – if North lose, it's going to be, well, this fully, this, this lays it really bare is, is one strategy versus the other, or maybe it's just circumstance. Maybe it's not even strategy. Maybe you it's think, one circumstance versus the other. You, you gave us the statistics then on where players were drafted at, and Carlton do have a lot of top 10 draft choices, a lot of first rounders. Do you think the world understands that some of those are, are the, the likes of, say, a Lockie Plowman, who I think was number two or three, but history shows us that if, if, we somehow crystal ball knew what you were getting out of a Lockie Plowman at the time. He would probably go in the twenties in his mm. year if you knew yeah. exactly what you were no, getting. Yeah. So, so, do you think the world understands that? Um, I still think. Isn't there still a strategy at clubs? Is the more first round draft picks you can accumulate, the better. You're trying to knock off the 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 the, the coal to get at the diamond. If you think <laughs> yeah. that, but. But really, you you know what you're getting if you're getting if you're recruiting in a player who's been in the system for three years. Yeah, rarely does it happen. You get a Sean Wellman out of Adelaide to play as a premiership backman, or or, or, or you know a, a James Clement, someone like that. They're rare. But they're fantastic if you mm. do. So I think they knew what they were getting, and I think the world under the footballing world understands that now. And and when you paint the picture of oh, what was it nine? It's uh. Tomorrow, ele- uh, 17 first-round draft picks, yeah. 11 top 10 on the field. Yeah, 11. So the more, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it's it? It's a lot. Yeah. But the more precise measurement is their own picks. So six top 10 picks, including two ones, and 10 inside 20. So that's your own yeah. judgment and your own development yeah. program rather than what you necessarily brought in. More of the crunch topics as we go. Bit of St Kilda and Giants who play today as well. But let's delve back to last night with Collingwood forward Jamie Elliott. Jamie, welcome to Crunch Time. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Give us a snapshot of that first quarter, if you would. Um, well, we dominated the first quarter, so I mean that set up the game for us. Um, it was funny. I was trying to reflect on it. it just it just felt like everything was clicking. Um, 
there was a stark difference between the second and, and first quarter how we were wanting to play. Um, but obviously when you set up the game like we did in that first quarter and put a lead um, in place like we did, uh, it really just sets up the rest of the the rest of the match. How often does that quarter come along, Jamie, when it, when everything unfolds the way you'd like it to? Um, I, don't, I don't think it happens too often, to be honest. It's always nice when you're on the end of it. Um, but we knew we um, went into the game, we knew Port Adelaide were going to have a lot of momentum coming across. Um, but we were able to, I guess, meet that momentum with our momentum and really just pile on the points. Um, very early on, so yeah. Jamie, Bob here. Congratulations on a great win last night. Oh, I'm curious, without without Big Mason Cox there last night, you guys had a, a lot of success isolating yourself and Stevenson and Dugowie in that in the goal square. Is that is that a yeah. call? Who makes that call amongst yourselves? And is it is it more about you or is it? Or was a fair bit of thought put into which Port Adelaide defender you could isolate in that goal square? Um, the be- well, I, f- I feel like the beauty of our forward line, um, it's so flexible. And we've got, I feel like we've got a lot of weapons down there. So, I mean, when I, in round one and two, I was playing a lot deep. Um, then Geordie was playing a lot. Now we've got Steve-O rolling through there. So, I think Bucks, um, early on in the year, said we're trying to find the best mix. And... At the moment, it feels like it doesn't matter who's the deepest, where we play. Um, we've all got we've all got to play that certain role at that specific time when we're out there. But we can have whoever we want rolling through that deepest forward. Um, if Steve-O, like he did, he was on last night, especially from the start. So who's the alpha though, Jamie? Who's in who, who's in charge? Who, who <laughs> wants who wants to be isolated the most? Because you know there's one. Uh, <laughs> everyone wants to be isolated. If you're on, you're on. So. Um, but it's, it's a tough, it's a weird position because obviously you're the deepest forward. So like last time when we're dominating, that player is always going to get access. So, but it can go the complete reverse, and you can you can't see the foot in maybe 15 minutes when you're down there and the, the opposition has dominated the like whether it's centre bounce or just um, time of possession. So it can be very cold, but it, like we seen last time, it can get really hot. Like when Stevo was on fire. So um, we. Generally, we, we come up in the team meeting with who we want as our deepest forward. If we want a lot of speed, we'll have Steve-O. Um, if we want a good one-on-one player, we'll have Geordie. But we're so flexible, it doesn't really matter who we have down there. Jamie, how's the confidence in your own body? Um, really good. I mean, I think last week I, I was always planning on having a rest. Yeah. So I mean, having that week off was, I think I played maybe eight or nine games leading into that, including the JLT. Um, so I was a little bit burnt out, but I just needed a week off. And I suppose travelling as well took it out of me. Um, so coming back out of that corky that I was dealing with, so it, was just, it just made sense to have a week off. But at the moment, body's feeling really good. I was a little bit gassed at the start of the game last night, but I felt like I came into it. And right now, it feels really good. I'm on my way to the club to do a bit of recovery at the moment. But as long as I keep looking after it and keep recovering and then making sure my preparation is, is very elite, I guess, um, I've got heaps of confidence in my own body. Awesome. Yeah, the old war horses in the room, we remember being injured and it never really left us. You can confidently say that those the ailments that had you out for quite some time, you've got complete confidence now that they've they've departed? Um, I mean, that's a tough one because 
I suppose soft tissue-wise, if you've had a lot, I think you always, well, I know, I'll, I'll always have something pop into my head, every, like it pops into my head every now and then. It's like, um, am I doing enough? Do I need to do more? Do I need to do less? Um, but as long as I manage manage my body, if I've got any concerns, I, I speak to the physios, the docs. Um, if I need a rest, if I need to chop out, if I need a little bit extra, um, it's just having those conversations. But um, at the moment, I'm, I'm as confident as I ever have been in my body. Um, I couldn't string two games together last year, basically off no pre-season. Um, but having a, a really good pre-season this year has really just put me in good stead for the year. And at the moment, I'm feeling really good. You're a really smart forward footballer. And it, it, Mason Cox is a very smart guy, but still learning the craft of Aussie rules. If you're on the yep. forward line and Mason Cox is there, where do you like to yep. position yourself in regards to him? Where do you want him starting? Where do you want him running? And, and where do you want him moving in the forward line and, and how? Tell us the relationship with yourself, Geordie, and the others, and, and, and Stevenson, how you play around Mason Cox. Um, well, the thing with Cox and what you know you're going to get, especially, well, you look at him and check his Reedy last night, you know you're going to get a really good contest. He's, he doesn't really get beaten in one-on-ones. He's either bringing it to the ground or marking it. Marking it. So it's about, for me personally and the smaller guys, is just probably locking away your defender and not letting him have a run and jump into the Coxies. In the Coxie's aerial, whatever, hopefully I, gets in a one-on-one. Can I interject there? When you yeah. say lock away, does that mean take him away from Coxie or just put a body check so he can't get a run at, at Mason? Oh, it depends on the situation. If you come up against players that like to roll off, um, you really have to put a bit of work into them because they'll disregard you because they know that usually it's, if it's a long kick, it'll go straight to them. So if you can body them as much as you can and give Coxie a one-on-one and then get to his feet, that's ideal because you don't really need to jump at that. depends who's got a better sit. But, um, yeah, it's, it's basically just getting him into a one-on-one because you know what you're going to get from him. So as long as you can protect him and then get to the full like, front of his feet, that's probably ideal. And the same with um, and Brody Majacek. Do you, you let him run, you let him push up the field. Do you need to be in and around him and... Uh support him with your knowledge of the game or do you just let him play his own game and you're playing yours on a different uh, on a different level? Oh, I think we're all definitely connected in some way. I mean, um, you, you get to this level by being a really good footballer and Brody's a really good footballer. He's got a lot of instinct. Um, he's very agile, probably a little bit different to Coxie. He's a little bit shorter. He, can, he moves really well. Um, so it's all about... For us, we, we focus a lot on movement, getting blocks, getting mismatches. So the more we can do that and more, stay more connected, it's, it's definitely beneficial. Um, but you don't really want to complicate it, especially as a forward line, I think, playing with a bit of freedom. But having that structure, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a, you just need to balance that, I think. Yeah. Jamie, you're 26 years of age, you're a free agent, you're out of contract. It's it's difficult to assess your value at your best and when you're fully fit, you're, you're one of the, the, the more dangerous forwards in the competition. You've started the season outstandingly well. How do you feel about your future and are you prepared to extend with Collingwood? Um, it, to be honest, it hasn't really crossed my mind too much. I mean, when you've had a, I don't know, I, I missed 2016 and then obviously last year I missed 
a really big chunk of football um, and only played a couple of AFL games. So for me personally, I've, I'm really just focusing on playing each week and making sure my body, um, I'm looking after my body as best I can. I'm, I'm not really looking too much to the future. Um, I'm more looking forward to getting to the buyer. So playing as many games as I can throughout the year, having rest when I need. Um, but to be honest, my future in terms of contract-wise, I haven't really put too much thought into it. But mm. at the same time, where my body's at, I'm pretty confident that um, that it's holding up really well and it's in a really good place. Yeah, I just, going into your mindset and your, your answer before to Derm's question was fascinating about your confidence in your body. Now, you're really confident, but there's always going to be that little nagging feeling in the back of your head. Did, would you benefit yeah, from having the, the security of a long-term deal? Would that ease your mind a little bit? Because everyone likes to be secure financially and also with their career path. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's a real, it's a tough decision. I mean... Like you said, I'm 26 years old. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but at the same time, I want to. I don't want an unnecessary stress of um, talking about negotiations and stuff crossing my mind right now when I'm feeling really good about playing. Um, I, I barely have any stress externally. Um, mm. So at the moment, I'm, I'm really just worrying about that more than anything. It's great to see you back out there, Jamie. Good on you and, and good luck with what's to come. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, boys. Jamie Elliott with us from the Magpies, 39-point winners last night. There are no further changes to Melbourne, Hawthorne, Giants and Secure the two games that go at quarter to two. Um, the changes yesterday, which really landed Josh Kelly and Lockie Whitfield out for the Giants, coming and Hately in. So it does mean Canelio plays, and there's sort of been that lingering question around uh, the condition of his finger throughout the week. Let's get uh, the odds update with Unibet. Get fully footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russell Barwick. Russ. G'day, Jared, and g'day, everyone, and uh, welcome to another sunny Saturday afternoon of footy, especially here in Canberra. Off to the uh, Monica Oval for the Giants and St Kilda, and as you mentioned yesterday, the Kelly withdrawal particularly and Whitfield. You would have thought it would have had some difference on the market. Well, it has, but it's gone the opposite way. Giants have still been heavily backed, uh, $1.28, 365 St Kilda. Now, the other game's Melbourne. They were backed earlier in the week, now out this morning, uh, to two twenty-five. Hawthorne Firm at $1.65, Brisbane $1.40. The Swans have been the best backed all weekend. Uh, $3 and firming in from three fifty, which you could have got yesterday afternoon. And Western Bulldogs in the later game, two eighty. The Richmond Tigers at a dollar forty-four. All of the lines on the website unibet.com.au plus our footy fill-ups, as you mentioned there, Jared as well. And as uh, in terms of the line, I guess the Swans earlier in the week around twenty-one, now down to seventeen and a half. That line there. So plenty of people thinking. But uh, my boys can bounce back, Jared. Let's hope so. Whatever you're doing, though, enjoy and gamble responsibly. Hold the faith. Good on you, Russ. Get legendary tips on At Odds with Junior Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. Kane, before we let you go, so Melbourne, Hawthorne at the G. What do you want to see from the Ds? 
I feel like there's going to be a statement for them today, Jared. I'm I'm really confident that Melbourne are going to deliver something that resembles what we thought would happen. I think this is the line in the sand moment, Dern, which you love. I think it's coming for Melbourne not today. So I just please, saw, I think, not this I think week. they I, just win this week. I just saw Derm's eyeballs go black, yeah. Lee Matthews style. <laughs> he looked straight at me. <laughs> not this week, please. <laughs> yeah, you're like-minded, Bob, aren't you? Yeah, I, I it's purely... Purely gut instinct, but I just think this is the t- you know they've they had an interrupted build up. For, you know how it becomes more and more important to, to get your tipping right, yep. especially you and me, Jared. Yeah, we're ahead to head. Is there a place where you have to go with gut instinct? No, this is a, a place where you've just got to give up and stop holding faith. Kane, I like your amount of faith. We'll talk See to you again soon. You uh, know what the age you're getting? Ask Honda. And try the new hot paninis at Subway. The coaches for the country game coming up. SEN footy streaming live and exclusively on the all-new SEN app. Parents and VCE students don't miss the VCE and Careers Expo. Australia's biggest ends tomorrow at Caulfield Racecourse. Visit vceandcareers.com.au. SEN footy streaming live and exclusively on the all-new SEN app. These guys have just discovered 7-Eleven coffee made with freshly ground beans. Yeah, what she said. Be coffee clever for a dollar at 7-Eleven. Good call. Unibet. Buy punters for punters. The AFL continues to get interesting, and this week our Unibet weekly footy fill-up is on the match between the Cats and the Bombers. Geelong is sitting on top of the ladder, but the Unibet team think the Bombers can spring a bit of an upset, so they're offering a huge incentive for punters in this match. At the moment, Essendon 265 to beat Geelong, but on Unibet's footy fill-ups, you can have $3. That's a massive 25% bonus on your winnings if the Bombers win. Forty fill-ups, only at unibet.com.au. Conditions apply, gamble responsibly. Since 2008, Toyota has helped clubs raise over $5 million through the Good for Footy program to help local footy to be accessible for all Australians. The Toyota Dealer Network is inspired by the possibilities grassroots clubs provide. The network lends a helping hand through supplying equipment and subsidising player fees. By supporting clubs across Australia, families of all backgrounds can afford to give their kids the opportunity to play this great game. Toyota, good for footy. Encouraging all Australians to give Aussie rules a go. Hi, Chris Scott here, coach of the Geelong Football Club. Starting out as a teenager, I was lucky enough to be guided by the best of the best. Without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. If you're thinking of taking on an apprentice, MEGT are the experts you need to guide your team to a win. MEGT will sign up your apprentice and check your eligibility for government financial incentives. Get your business kicking goals with MEGT, your local apprenticeship experts. Call 13MEGT today. Is coming and prices plummet during Tyre Power's big free sale. Get the power to save on Kumo tyres at Tyre Power. Simply buy three and we'll give you one free on a great range of Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres. That's right, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo tyres at Tyre Power. Conditions apply. See website for details. Tyre Power's big free sale is now on. Visit tyrepower.com.au or call 132191 for your local owner operator. Power. 
Up Breakthrough in Family Living. Choose a brand new four-bedroom single-storey Metricon home for just $169,900. But hurry, special sale price on the Amira 20 with a spire or neo facade is limited to the first 30 buyers only. Yes, under 170 grand. And backed by Metricon's lifetime structural guarantee. But hurry, first 30 buyers only. That's more home for less. That's freedom by Metricon. Conditions apply. Exclude site costs. Melbourne Metro New Estates Build Region. CBDU 52967. As the excitement builds to the big game, it's crunch time. You check your TV's working. Tick. The fridge is stacked with cold drinks. Tick. Plus the spare fridge in the shed. Tick. And you've got your footy snacks, right? Me footy snacks. I forgot my footy snacks. Relax. Go to your local Coles for crunchy corn from the Gourmet Nutco. Corn from the cob roasted to perfection and lightly salted with three different flavours. It's crunch time. Crunchy corn, the ultimate footy snack. Available at Coles. If you're digging for a living, here's what to do. Go to supergroups.com.au Supergroups is your number one Kubota construction dealer in Victoria. With over 25 years experience, Supergroups is the dealer you can trust when it comes to Kubota excavators and skid steers. We offer guaranteed competitive prices, finance packages and unbeatable after-sales support. Our team are second to none. If you're digging for a living, you won't dig up a better Kubota dealer than Supergroups. Full on service, no empty promises. Supergroups.com.au Waitley, Monday from 9 on SEN. The award-winning crunch time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled paninis. Round seven is underway. Collingwood, 39-point winners over Port Adelaide last night. The casualty, Taylor Adams, who's going to miss a couple of weeks with a groin injury. The next two matches to go, the early starts, Melbourne and Hawthorne at the MCG, while in Canberra, it's the Giants and St Kilda. But the pick of the weekend is the country game. The Power Core Country Festival celebrates country Victoria at the MCG. It's tomorrow afternoon when Geelong and Essendon meet. The coaches of both sides are going to join us on Crunch Time in the next half hour. So let's start with the Cats and Chris Scott, who has them sitting atop the ladder. Chris, welcome back to Crunch Time. Thanks, Jared. Good to be with you. What's the cautionary tale out of this game last year when Essendon went nine goals to two in the first half? Does it does it sit there as you prepare to meet them again? Oh, it's got slight relevance. I think only slight, given it was uh, you know almost a year ago, if not a year ago. Um, and our side in particular uh, is quite different. I think we're playing a slightly different style as well. But if we do go back for just a moment, I think it... There are some similarities in their situation. They were really struggling, um, at least that was the perception at the time, uh, and, and found a way to play uh, their best footy against us. So this year, if you listen to what you believed in certain quarters, then they were as bad as any team in the comp, and five weeks later, they're as good as any team. And I, I think that the latter is probably closer to the truth. Now, exactly what they can deliver is hard for us to predict except that we know that at their best they're really dangerous and in particular their scoring power um, is is a real threat. Down her back makes a big difference so um, we're focusing more on what we saw the last couple of weeks from them um, and the way we've been playing the last couple of weeks as opposed to 12 months ago. What did you take out of their Anzac Day performance? Well I think it takes some confidence from the fact that they're outplayed early and looked like they were out of the game at stages. 
but found a way to to come back into it. And I think most people would say that you know it was, wasn't just their their scoring, but their ability to pressure was uh, significant. And Danaher, in particular, was a was a real threat on a really good player uh, in in Moore. So they have some um, flexibility to their game, um, and it's not. It's not a matter of just getting on top of them and then you have the rest of the, the game your own way. They have a few change-ups. They you know, have a, a midfield group that they prefer, but they also have a couple of players in their forward half who they can throw up the ground to give them um, a little bit of impetus if their, um, I guess, their first-choice options aren't delivering as well as they'd like. Chris, uh, how are you going, mate? Their, um, their best footy looks... Looks like McKenna and Sard streaming out of the back line. You've got a forward line now, which is putting on more pressure, seemingly more pressure this year. Uh, do you assign somebody with specific targets laid on those two to actually restrict their run or obviously a total team uh, uh, interaction with them? Yeah, thanks, Dermot. Um, I think it's difficult in today's footy to assign that task to just one person, mm-hmm. um, certainly without um, pulling apart your structure completely. And um, e- even if you did try to do that, there would be situations where there'd be other players better placed to get some pressure on them. So the, I guess the, the moral of the story is that it needs to be a bit more of a team focus. But when you have players like McKenna and Saad in particular who, who get given the ball almost irrespective of um, their positioning at times, it's, it's a bit naive to think, uh, in terms of just stopping them getting the ball. It's, it's more a matter of once they do get it, what happens? And I, I agree with you. I think when, when they can play with speed out of their, their back half, and it's not just their defenders, their mids get back and, and Heppel and Merritt and those types give them some good good ball use from behind centre. They, they can be really dangerous. So um, I, I said midweek, and I, I, I think I'm right in that if they attack really aggressively with low risk, they're almost impossible to stop. Um, but there just needs to be some, some risk associated with, um, with, with their plan A. So, so can you give us a picture of your whiteboard, and uh, if you'd be willing to, and let us know what you want your uh, forwards, your midfield that presses up uh, at them, how they want to play those two lads? Well, it does become a real team focus. So you, you summed it up quite succinctly there. It's it's not just the forwards putting pressure on, but it's it's the midfielders making sure that um, we do pre- uh, compress the ground and strongly and, and make sure that they don't get too much space. So if and a little bit to our ball use as well, they they do sweat on turnovers. Um, I, I think at least it tends to be our method that we think we defend best when we. Um, pose a, um, an attacking threat going forward. So Gary Ablett's a, a good um, example of that. Um, I don't think anyone would have thought that, that Gary um, would be our best pressure forward this year. But if his opponent, and it could well be Saad, um, has his hand full trying to stop Gary defensively, then naturally that blunts his ability to, to um, attack on the rebound. Can I ask you, we, we've... We've heard, like Ken Hinckley said, when he has his young players in, he said he doesn't systematically take them out at times just to give them a breather and a bit of space and, and, and let their bodies recover. What's your 
feeling about those types of blokes you have in your team? Like uh, Grian Myers comes to comes to mind, and and uh, Jordan Clark and these types. Of, what's your philosophy with the young players who've come in this season and doing well and looking after their body at league level? Well, I think my answer will be um, more based on our longer-term um, philosophy, and it hasn't changed in terms of managing our younger players. So I started at Geelong in 2011, and we managed our young players um, and, and players at the other end of the spectrum um, that are sort of post-30 um, from quite early in that season, and we've continued that every year that, that I've been involved. And even this year, we've, we've managed Jordan Clark out of one game Brandon Parfitt and Jack Henry missed with injury, but they're only one-weekers, but you effectively get the, the same sort of result. And our view is that um, traditionally um, teams have been dictated too much by the fixture uh, as opposed to having a look at the development of those players um, over a, a multi-year period. And um, our view would be to get the best out of them over that three- or four-year period. It's just the wrong thing to do to push them to get up to play every week, especially if it means their training has got to be limited to, to allow them to get through games. We think that you know, that can lead to players running into injury issues down the track. So it is a balance. We, we would like to be um, a more cohesive and stable um, unit than we have been in the past. And most of that lack of stability has been um, through injury. So we're, we're slightly better placed with that now. But if, if we're... 50-50 on a young player, um, we tend to go the, the more um, conservative option. Chris, can I ask you about uh, one of your players who's had a, a huge influence this year, Reese Stanley. You seem up close. What what do you see his improvement sort of? Where, where, where's, it, where's the most obvious point that it's come from, do you think? I think most of it revolves around his body. Early in his career, he um, was... Um, I think highly rated at St Kilda because of his physical attributes, and he is—he's a very, very impressive um, athlete. 200 centimetres. If he's not the strongest at the club in virtually every area, he'd be very close on on all measures, and he's super quick as well. Um, so the 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 downside to players with that type of makeup is they they tend to be quite um, highly strung and 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 prone to um, to injury if they're not managed really well. So we've learned uh, how to manage Reese a little better, and I think he's got to know his body a bit better as well. So it's, it's very hard to be confident in your game if you've got um, doubts over your ability to run fast and, and recover from games. So he's ticked that box. And then the other thing is we, we brought him in as a ruckman. We tended to play more as a key forward. He even had a year as a key defender at St Kilda, and we've been able to settle him down in that position. And I think he's learned his craft. Um, it took him a while to, to learn his craft. I think he's a lot more confident that if he does come up against a really good ruckman in the comp and they uh, are beating him, he's got a few change-ups um, that can help him get back into the game. One big picture out of the Herald Sun today. Cat's eye Jezza for life after Hawkins. Is Jeremy Cameron uh, your long-term succession plan for Tom Hawkins? Oh, yeah. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, there's about 50 others on that list as well. Um, 25 of them are on GWS's list. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard so many players that were after, and I'll try to answer it honestly. Are you interested in Jeremy Cameron? Yep. 
I can't remember any discussions about him, but um, that's good to know. Sometimes I'm the last to hear this stuff, Jared. <laughs> Is there any way that you could see that happening? Oh, not off the top of my head. Um, I, I imagine he'd be a pretty sought-after player um, and he'd come with a fair price tag. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't consider him. I hadn't, it actually caught me by surprise. I hadn't seen that um, that referred to publicly. But, yeah, that, as a coach, that's, that's great news if there's any possibility. But as I said, I haven't really been across um, any discussions around that or how that might happen. We're pretty keen on Josh Kelly too. Yes. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few others. Charlie Kerner will take him. Yeah, yeah so Hawks, Hawks got a few breathing down his neck, it sounds. <laughs> good, good stuff. That, that's a very good answer. Hey, uh, good luck tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll see you at the Country Festival. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. Good to talk. Geelong coach Chris Scott, PowerCore Country Festival. Celebrate the power of country at the MCG Sunday the 5th of May from 11am after the break. Essendon coach John Warsfold. Unibet, by punters, for punters. The AFL continues to get interesting, and this week our Unibet weekly footy fill-up is on the match between the Cats and the Bombers. Geelong is sitting on top of the ladder, but the Unibet team think the Bombers can spring a bit of an upset, so they're offering a huge incentive for punters in this match. At the moment, Essendon, 265 to beat Geelong, but on Unibet's footy fill-ups, you can have $3. That's a massive 25% bonus on your winnings if the Bombers win. Footy fill-ups, only at unibet.com.au. Conditions apply, gamble responsibly. Lucy's trying 7-Eleven coffee for the first time. Rich, smooth and made exactly the way you... Mmm. Get up there. Yeah, what she said. Be coffee clever for a dollar at 7-Eleven. Good call. Happy wife means happy life. A present from Sexyland this Mother's Day will leave her tickled pink. Buy one item from the Donna Lotions and Potions range and get the second half price. Take 25% off the hype toy range for her and check out new fun products for couples such as Joe All-in-One Massage Kits. Sexyland, 11 stores in Melbourne and Geelong or online at sexyland.com.au. Sexy Spot. Our aim is Melbourne's lowest prices on Hames Paint. Paint spot. Grab four litres of Hames Expressions Matte or Low Sheen White Base for just $70.10. Ten litres is only $152.90. Save $17. Or 15 litres is $187.10. A saving of $20.80. But only at Paint Spot and only until May 31. Details at paintspot.com.au. Double dip bonus on Smeg Classic Range now at Harvey Norman. Spend three thousand or more on selected Smeg cooking appliances and dishwashers. Get up to one thousand dollars cashback. Plus, double dip your bonus with up to one thousand dollars in FBOS gift cards. Plus, bonus local delivery. Double dip on Smeg Classic cooking, microwave ovens, and dishwashers for up to two thousand dollars in bonus value. Plus, bonus delivery. Cashback via redemption. Delivery within twenty-five k's of store. Conditions apply. Double dip bonus on Smeg Classic Range only at Harvey Norman. Hey guys, look, um, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm leaving the flat. You're like family to me, and if I could stay here longer, believe me, I would, man. I know it's sudden, but I cannot miss my bus. Hate saying goodbye to your radio? Download Radio App on your phone and take your favourite station anywhere. Radio App.
Free from the App Store and Google Play. There are always unbeatable prices at Dan Murphy's. Pick up a case of crisp, refreshing Heineken Lager for just $42.90. Shop online at danmurphys.com.au and choose on-demand delivery to receive your order in under two hours. Enjoy responsibly. Ends Thursday, May 9. A breakthrough in big, double-storey living. Choose a huge, new, four-bedroom, double-storey Metricon home for just $270,900. But hurry. Special sale price on the Bentley 34 with your choice of Aspire, Chateau or Contemporary. Facade is limited to the first 30 buyers only. Yes, under 271 grand. And backed by Metricon's lifetime structural guarantee. First 30 buyers only. That's more home for less. That's freedom by Metricon. Conditions apply. Exclude site costs. Melbourne Metro, New Estates, Build Region, CBDU 52967. Back to Runner and Races 1 to 4 at Morfittville and Flemington this Saturday. And if it places second or third, get up to $50 back in bonus bets. Download the Neds app today. Neds, it's time to bet. Fixed win bets only. T's and C's apply. Visit the website for details. Gamble responsibly. Got a coffee craving? Head to McCafe for smooth, delicious, barista-made coffee. Made with care and craft, it's yours to enjoy anytime, day or night. We're 24-7 people. McCafe. We're coffee people. Selected restaurants only. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning Crunch Time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot grilled paninis. So we've done one half of the Power Core Country Festival. Celebrate Country Victoria at the MCG. Let's head into the Bombers camp with Essendon coach John Warsfold. John, welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks very much, Derek. Just as we did with Chris, what, what's the relevance of the corresponding game to you last year, which was such a powerful performance? Uh, yeah, well, for us last year, we were coming off a pretty tough uh, two or three weeks from from recollection. Uh, and I think we lost Danaher going into the country game last year um, and maybe even Hurley. And I think two young players made their debuts in Clark, Dylan Clark and Jordan Ridley. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was an important day for us for a lot of reasons, but um, we obviously had a good win. So, uh, you know, that was the game that, um, sort of righted us out of a, a period where we may have started to have some doubts. And out of Anzac Day, I think um, you won more plaudits than, than lost on the day. Is, is how did you come away and review that and how do you think it, it sets you up for the next little period? Yeah, well, it doesn't really set us up for anything uh, other than you know, we came out of that with no no four points in the ladder. So that, that hurts. Um, but overall, you know, we, we know Collingwood are a very good team and, uh, you know, we were wrapped with the way we matched up with them and the way we took the game on. And um, after a, a slow start, which, um, you know, teams are, are seeing Collingwood, uh, you know, jump out of the gun really, really quickly. But um, overall, um, like every game, some of your wins, you still say there's areas we've got to get better. Um, and then, that game, that was a close game, but we lost. There's still areas we want to keep working on, but there was a lot of um, good stuff out of it. John, Bob here. I want, I want to ask you about Adam Saad, who who seems to have the gift of destabilising opposition teams, and he, he plays with a sort of chaotic sort of style that looks unpredictable to us. With with coaching him, what sort of what, what instructions do you give him, or do you just kind of give him sort of free reign to make it up as he goes? Well, yeah, pretty much it's let him uh, back himself in, go with his gut feel. Uh, he is one of those players, if you put constraints on him and give him too many rules, you're really going to lose what's exciting about mm. him. Um, but certainly when he first came to the club, 
uh, you know, he's got the ability to run one way and kick the ball the other way, whether it's the outside of the boot or it's inside his boot. He's, he's one of those players that uh, our our guys um, are reading him pretty well now, which is great because um, that means you can just catch the opposition wrong-footed for a fraction of a second. Um, but, yeah, really it's been us learning about him and, you know, asking him this more early last year, what do you think when you're doing this, why are you doing that? Uh, sort of relaying that to the group so everyone understands the way he plays and, and what we're going to get from him. But certainly don't, uh, while it's um, a strength and while we see it as a weapon, we're certainly not going to um, hold him back from that. What about up the other end, John, um, with big Joe Danaher? And he's two games back in. How, how's his health been? Is he is he got the confidence back and in his body? Is can you Can you tell enough after two weeks? Um, well, you can tell that he's got the confidence. Yeah, he's pulling up well, and he obviously feels like he's moving well. Um, you know, we had a great discussion prior to him uh, coming into the Good Friday game where he was going to play in the VFL. And, but he, even then, he was confident that he was ready for AFL footy and that he could have played in the Good Friday game, uh, which ended up proving correct. Um so, yeah, he, he has been confident with the work he'd done that uh, that he was ready to go. So it's more than, uh, you know, can he jump and take his grabs? Has he got that power to do the, the things that, you know, for his size, not many players that big can do? And, you know, I think he's, uh, he's shown that he, he's still got all that there, that explosiveness, and his hands are good. He's kicking the ball over distance, as we've seen. Um, and he still enjoys a little stint in the ruck during the quarter. Uh, g'day, Wooshdurm here. Hey, I suppose it's the art of coaching selection, isn't it? You, you can see players doing that on the coaching on on the uh, training track, but to select them for the game after such a long out and expect them to come out and do it under real heat—that's the art of selecting. Yeah, it is. It's, there's so many small factors that uh, that you consider. Um, that you want to take into account. So, you know, there was a we we played Hooker out of um, no footy uh, pre-season, yeah. and we brought him straight into the team. But that was again a long debate about it, a lot of discussion, uh, and Kale was included in that. And we decided that we felt uh, one through his confidence that he was ready to perform at the level um, that we would bring him straight in. But he had played through all of last year. Joe was different because he'd missed so much footy last year to bring him in off a similar preparation to hooker. We had to allow that, you know, in terms of how much footy he had under his belt through the course of last year, that was something we felt was a factor in terms of whether Joe was ready to come straight back in. But you know, he's a, he's a super talented individual. So um, again, uh, you know, we were forced into it at, at the end, but, and there was only going to be a day and he was going to play VFL the next day. So, uh, yeah, um, we're just pleased that it's all come out pretty well for us. And, and he was marking it twelve foot off the ground as well. That 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 actually helps a fair bit, I'd say. Hey, it yeah, does. yeah. In, in the terms of inbox coaching, and you go through your what ifs. You know, we we had the privilege of, of speaking to Chris Scott before, and posed the question to him about Sard and McKenna. When they're streaming out of Essendon's back line is when Essendon probably looks their sharpest and most potent. They, they still have to make that, that that catch cry word at the moment, connect with the others downfield and the forward line to kick a score. But they are doing the damage out of the back line. What if Geelong are able to 
subdue and lock away those two by the way they choke the corridor, choke those two for a run. What do you do then if the ball goes Geelong's direction first? Yeah, that's a good question, Derm. It's uh, it's the overall package of the game. You're looking at, um, and we talked, you know, a, a slightly different example, but uh, we played, um, I'm sure it was Brisbane, uh, and we, we jumped them and we were four goals up early in the game. Hayden Skipworth said to me, Lockie Neal's had 10 possessions and we're at the 20-minute mark of the first quarter, just letting you know. Uh, and I said, you know, game's going our way. Um, that's not an issue, obviously. We're uh, our midfielder winning the ball. We're going forward. Neal's having, having a solid individual impact, but it's not impacting the game at all. Yeah. Um, so you let that go. Um, if we're going well, it's an arm wrestle and it's a tight, tough game and, uh, you know, we're not out there to try and blow teams away. We're out there to be in front when the final siren goes. So we have to weigh up, um, can we win this game, even if it's by a goal? And it's, it's say, similar to Anzac Day. If it's, that was 10 goals apiece, um, then we'll keep going with it because we're holding the opposition up and we're limiting their scoring. They're holding us up. It's just a tight, tough game. And we think we can still match teams playing that style of footy. Um, if those boys get off the leash and get going, then they can break lines and put a lot of pressure on the opposition down the ground. So, yeah, we're conscious that we like that to happen, but we don't go out of our way to try and force it. Did you feel Dylan Shear would have as marked effect on your team as he's actually shown? Well, all indications in, you know, our research on him was that super... um, Diligent, professional young man, um, driven to get the best out of himself, but also driven to be, you know, uh, strong contributor to your group off the field as well. So yeah, we we were hoping that's what he would bring, and he certainly lived up to that. In terms of his footy, uh, we know we certainly knew his best footy is line breaking um, and uh, exciting, yeah. and would fit in with the blend of mids that we had. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, he has um, really added to the, the blend of the midfield group that we wanted, and, and he's been playing really solid footy. So, um, yeah, you know, he's ticked every box for us so far. John, good luck tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on Crunch Time. Thanks very much, guys. Good luck, John Worsfold. Uh, so the Power Core Country Festival, Sunday, May the 5th, tomorrow at the MCG. Tickets at ticketech.com.au. What happens in that game? Yeah, I think uh, the Bombers are going pretty good, but I think Geelong, you, you've got to go with the Cats. They're pretty stable at the moment. Yeah. Pretty hard to go against the Cats, Jared. I think they'll get them. So you think uh, Melbourne are going to rebound. What about the, the Giants and St Kilda? Giants should. They're out's concern. Mm. Ditto. Good call, Dan. But but then so does St Kilda's number one, Jack Stephen, mm. concern. Terrific. Well done. Dermot Burns, Bob Murphy. This has been Crunch Time, round seven. Know what the H are getting. Search Ask Honda and try the new hot grilled paninis at Subway. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.